Welcome to Transformation Nation with your hosts, Jason Krantz and Jordan Morrow. Whether in your personal life, family, career, or more, each of us has the power to transform. Our episodes are designed to help empower everyone to transform into the person that they want to be. Jump into this episode to learn how you can become who you want to become. Hey everybody, how you doing? Jason Krantz here with my great friend Jordan Morrow, and we have something really, really special for you today. But before we introduce our guest, I got to ask Jordan, buddy, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm fantastic. Are you kidding? It's always good to hear your voice. <laughs> You're too kind, my man. But you know what? I think with how much we talk season one, nobody really wants to hear our voice anymore. And I think they're really going to like hearing the voice of the guests that we've got today. Now, who we have here is somebody that I hold an extremely high regard. I'm a huge fan of, and it's Kim Perel. And she is an entrepreneur extraordinaire. She started and sold a very successful business as an author of one of my all-time favorite books, The Execution Factor, The One Skill That Drives Success. It's one of my favorites. Go out and get it. She's a prominent angel investor, and basically, she does everything. Uh, welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, as we talked beforehand, you know, you just have a fascinating transformational story, you know, progressing from a startup founder to the CEO of an international company and now just a successful angel investor. Can you share with the listeners a bit of your history and kind of who you are and how you got to where you're at today? Yeah, I'd be happy to. It was, it was, it was definitely not a straight line. So it's interesting. I, you know, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, which was just an amazing place to grow up from two entrepreneurial parents. So I think, you know, for me, it probably is in my DNA. I don't think it has to be. I think you can learn to be a great entrepreneur, but for me, it definitely was. And having watched their trials and their you know, the challenges that they faced, you know, every day at dinner, we didn't talk about sports, we didn't talk about school, we literally talked about the challenges in their businesses and how we would solve them. So it was definitely a different type of upbringing. But honestly, one that, you know, looking back, very appreciative, because I think it, you know, taught me, you know, about how, how to look at opportunity, how to look at failure, how to look at resilience. And, you know, when I went and worked at my first job out of college. So just, you know, fast forwarding, I got a job for a hot internet startup in Los Angeles. It was just about the time that Yahoo had gone public. It was like a dot-com craze and it was an incredible place to be. So I worked for the startup. We, you know, we raised a million dollars. We raised $120 million and it was like being on a rocket ship. It was amazing. I mean, it was so much fun, right? I'm like 20. I'm like, this is great. I can't believe it. I hit the jackpot. I'm going to be a, you know, millionaire. And I literally called everyone I know. And I was like, hey, you could be a millionaire too. Come move to LA and join this journey with me. And, you know, the startup was a precursor to Dropbox. So unfortunately, mm. at that time, there was no cloud computing. So, you know, it's interesting. Timing does make a difference when I look at some of you know, the investments I made, the companies I've been at. Timing does have a factor. And this company was a great company. It just, 
you know, the cost uh, far exceeded the revenue and we kept raising money. So we forgot a little bit of our business basics, I think. And, you know, mm. we just, we had a lot of cash and we, you know, we spent it. <laughs> so <laughs> that wasn't my, you know, lesson learned, but, um, you know, unfortunately the company took a turn for the worse and because we, you know, we just couldn't make the, make the math work and the company eventually went bankrupt and, Honestly, it was one of those, you know, I, I just felt like such a failure. I had so many people that had come that believed in me, that were counting on me. And then I had to, I had to lay them all off. And I just, you know, I, I just wanted to go to bed, pull the covers of my head and just hope that no one, you know, like that was it. <laughs> um, you know, and I had laid them off and then I was laid off myself and, that was actually, you know, from a dark time, it's like rock bottom, right? Like I was mm -hmm. bankrupt. I had no money. I, you know, I honestly didn't know what I was going to do. My track record was terrible because bankruptcy is not exactly a great way to get a job. Um, no one wanted to talk to me. And so, yeah, it was a really, honestly, a really rough, rough time. And I think it's interesting to think of where we're at today, because I'm sure a lot of people can at least relate to some of those feelings of just failure and their, you know, the hard times and what do you do? What do you do next? How do I tell my family? How do I tell my friends? And like, it's really, you know, it's challenging. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think looking at where I was and looking at where I had been and, you know, it was just, you kind of, there's a time when you hit rock bottom that it really makes you decide, like, what do you really want? Right? Like, do I want to go get a, another job? Do I want to, um, you know, work for someone else. And I had seen the, you know, business, you know, do things that I, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with. And I thought, Hey, you know, young and very naive, I could do, I could build a company. <laughs> like, come on. I have no experience. My track record's terrible. And uh, yeah, but I, I honestly, I had a belief. I had a belief that this internet was going to be big, even though everyone said this internet's a fad you know, it's on the cover of Newsweek, it's going, it's, you know, that's just get a real job, Kim, is what I would hear all the time. Like, obviously, <laughs> right, your track record is not good. <laughs> this is not the place that I mean, and the whole market was crumbling around me. So it's, you know, it wasn't just me, it was so, you know, everyone had believed that this was, you know, definitely not a good place to be. But, you know, your belief in yourself has to be greater than anyone's doubt. And mm. there was a lot of doubters, a lot of people that telling me why I should not go back into the internet, why I should, you know, digital advertising, that's insane. Why would you, I mean, that's just the billboard, the yellow phone book. I mean, that's actually going to be tried and true looking back, you know, because this was before Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. And it was really interesting just to see the evolution I was telling everybody that I was going to create this new digital advertising company and everyone literally laughed at me and said, <laughs> I should get, yeah, they're like, Kim, you should get a real job. And I said, what do you mean? It's, I don't understand. And they just said, the internet's a fad like this. I mean, look around you, look at your, you know, look at what you just went through. You should get a, like a safe job. I mean, whatever safe is. And I think there is no, I mean, it's interesting to think even now, like what is safe, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just, they, so many doubters and so many people, you know, that were telling me, you know, and honestly, I had doubt. Was I scared? Yes. Like, did I have any idea what I was doing? No, but I did it anyway. And I think, you know, people, 
everyone experiences doubt, right? Like, but you can't mm-hmm. let doubt control your dreams and your actions. And I think that's really important because there will always be someone telling you why you can't do it. And there'll always be someone poking holes telling me why it's not a good idea, but your belief in yourself has to be greater than everyone else's doubt. And there will, you know, and honestly, I've seen it. I've been there and I can see why. I mean, look, look, my track record wasn't great. The internet was basically crumbling. All the, you know, large companies were losing their market caps and going bankrupt. And I wanted to start another one. So I get it. It probably didn't look like a great idea, but I believed I could see the opportunity. I just knew that, you know, having been on the inside, that this was a great opportunity and I was going to do it anyway. So like you Uh had to feel like all those fears, which I get, like I had all of them and you just have to take that action, like that step, right? And mm-hmm. and I did. And I started my company. I worked at my kitchen table for three years. And like, it wasn't pretty. I'll be honest, like it wasn't pretty. And, but I was really about getting back to business basics, you know, really understanding I have to make more money than I spend. I mean, it's very simple math. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't have a lot of money anyway. So I really had to think about every dollar I was spending was, you know, one closer to me having to actually you know, get a job. So you really become, you know, quite, um, quite frugal with every dime. And I think it's smart. It's a really good, you know, you know, I really wanted to be profitable and I wanted to just create a good business, right? I didn't have to make a ton of money, just a good business that was sustainable, right? That I didn't have to worry about that. I could, you know, just be in control of my own destiny. And, and that's what I did. And I, you know, I worked at a kitchen table for three years and, Honestly, people would come over. Everyone thought it was just, again, nuts. So that seems to be a theme. <laughs> but but I believed and I really, I, I felt, you know, and the business grew. And the business, you know, as advertising grew and as the economy came back, the business continued to grow and we doubled revenue every year. And, you know, honestly, at some point, you now you're, you know, what I can look back and be like, okay, I was scared to start. Now I'm scared to scale, right? Like, oh my gosh, I got, mm-hmm. now I had to, you know, I've got employees and I've got families and that's a whole nother fear. Like what if, what if I can't take care of them? And what if I have to, you know, what if something happens and I can't afford their salaries? I mean, all these terrible fears that, that come up on scaling business too. And, you know, I was young and I, I I was like, how am I going to scale? And it seemed, you know, and I thought, Hey, you know what, let's try to find a partner to help me scale and to give security, you know, again, I don't know how you find security, but security, perceived security to, to my team. And so, mm-hmm. and so I sold the company in 2008 um, to a European advertising um, conglomerate. And, you know, honestly, it was, it was, looking back, it was an interesting, it was a, you know, 2008, again, before there was obviously a lot of challenges in 2008, too. So I think maybe I'm destined to start things in, in, in terrible times, <laughs> sell things in terrible times. I mean, there, you know, timing is everything, but timing makes a difference, too, right? You just have to believe that if you have a good business, there will always be a buyer, and I really mm-hmm. think that's important. Like there, you know, we had seven offers on my company and I think it's just because oh. we built a great business. Yeah. Wow. That is impressive. Seven at the six. Oh my Lord. <laughs> yeah. No, we, yeah, we hired KPMG, but we were profitable. We were growing. Yeah. We were, you know, we had a great team and I just really looked back and I had built the business exactly the way that I wanted to. And, and I think that's, you know, it, 
it was an attractive business. And I think there's still opportunities to create those type of businesses with little to no money upfront and scale them when you can see the growth, right? So not getting mm-hmm. over your skis and investing too much. Where and, and people ask me all the time, you know, it's interesting, just like, how big can you go? What do I need to start? It's like, you don't need a lot to start. I mean, yes, you, you know, you need, you need to, you need a, uh, a concept, you need to understand the market, you, but to actually just get started, like that is a different, um, you know, that's a different place to be. And I think mm-hmm. anyone can start a great company, especially now. I literally just read an article in the Wall Street Journal. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it said, U.S. business applications surged with 3.2 million people filing in 2020. That's up. Great news. I saw you shared that. Yeah, you shared that. And I went and looked at that. And I just, I smiled when I looked at the numbers. I know. (laughs) It makes me so happy, right? It's like the American dream and entrepreneurship and resilience and the sweat and the tears and the hard work and hope, (laughs) right? Like it's all there. Yep. 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 So I got, I get fired up because I get so excited about that. It's just like, it's not insane to start a business right now. Actually, no. like now's a great time to start a business, yeah. right? Yeah. And if yes. you actually, if, if you study, like if you go back through over the last 100, 150 years and you think of some of the biggest companies that ever came about, they happened during downturns. Yes. Uh, and, and I don't think people realize that. I, I agree with you. I think so many people get caught up in the pessimism, yeah, is, is right now a hard time, 100% a hard time. But does that mean you can't do stuff? Does it mean you can't have hope? Does it mean you can't do things? Mm-hmm. No, it means you can. But it does turn, and this is a topic, there's an article that you've done, Kim, on this that I want to get to, and that's an imposter syndrome. Because I remember when this whole field of data literacy, where my nickname is the godfather of this field, so many people are or people are like, nah, is that really going to be something? Is that going to do something? <laughs> All I had, to, kind of to your point, was a little idea that said, hey, 99% of people don't need to be a data scientist, but they're going to need to use data. So what can we do with this? And for me, I fully fell into the trap uh, of thinking, man, is, am I really, is this me? Uh, am I good enough for this? People are saying, look what you've started, but I'm not good enough for this. So what, what, tell us your experience with imposter syndrome and tell the listeners how, how you overcame that. What, what were the things that you did to kind of shape and shift your mind for it? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think number one is just a core belief in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to, right? No matter what you're trying mm-hmm. to achieve. And I think that's really important and it's hard, right? Like I'm not saying that that belief is easy, but you got to start internally. If you're going to, I think if you're going to be able to create something externally that someone externally is going to buy. And that's like, I think it's important to invest in yourself to create that confidence, right? So what what can you invest in, whether it be skills, training, knowledge, research, reading? There's so many ways to invest in yourself to make yourself more confident to, to help overcome, you know, imposter, like that imposter syndrome, right? Because everyone experiences that doubt. Like I had yeah. no idea what I was doing, like straight up. And <laughs> like we always used to say, like, hey, just fake it to make it. I mean, it's kind of a good idea. Like, yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you can convince yourself, I'm sure you convince anyone else. I mean, yep. it's it, it's interesting, but it works. And I think, you know, obviously you need the 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 experience and the and the knowledge, but you also have to like that belief is so core and you know, you can't let your doubt control what you do. 
So what do you, you know, how do you take, you know, I, I love it. And I write a lot about resilience and I lo- write a lot about putting yourself in, in the face of rejection and, you know, how you should always try. It's true. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Like I talk a lot about this because it's easy, you know, to stay in your comfort zone. Like that's the easy thing mm-hmm. to do. But it's yep. the hard things. And it's like, that's where the magic happens. That's where you feel confident. Like you really created, done something differently. And it's scary, right? Like so oh, scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, like it kind of like you highlighted, I think you bring up a really important point of every person that I know that has been successful or appears, you know, immensely confident on the outside once I get to know them and we, you have these types of conversations, it's a common theme. They're all like, you're, you're, if you're not afraid, you're not doing it right. That's essentially what they say. Because if you're not afraid, you're not expanding your bounds. You're not getting outside of your comfort zone. Because if you're in your comfort zone, you're really not that afraid. And that's that's one of the things that I'm kind of hearing in from you. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast is to highlight to people that, hey, you know what? Not only us, but a number of other very successful people like yourself have these feelings, so it's normal. And but don't let them paralyze you. You know, kind of to your point that you talked about, belief is the first part, but then the next part is actually devising a plan and mm-hmm. taking action. And that's kind of that's one of the reasons why I just I fell in love with your book. Your book, The Execution Factor, the One Scale that Drives Success. It's just a brilliant playbook. And how you can bring ideas into reality, right? Start with that belief, but then move it into actual action. Because it's great to dream, but nothing happens unless you do. And I know that's a really big topic for you. So I think you've kind of already touched on it. But where did where did the idea for the book come from? Obviously, from your experience. But what made you want to put it pen to paper, you know? Yeah. I mean, looking back, it was interesting. So after I'd sold you know, I can continue, continue to operate as a, you know, as a CEO when I continue to scale, but it gave me, I mean, bless such a blessing. I was able to use a lot of, you know, the, the, the capital that I had received when I sold the company to invest in other companies. I love the entrepreneur and my grandma made a bet on me and I want to make a bet on other people. So <laughs> I started to invest in people because not everyone has a grandma. I get it right. Not everyone has a grandma that can give you 10 K. I was very lucky, but <laughs> I honestly wanted to pay it forward. So I started investing in, in people and, and companies, <coughs> ideas that like I believed in. And, you know, it's interesting. I've invested in over 90 companies now. And wow. yeah, it's, it's, and people laugh. I'm like, I, you know what? And it's interesting because I mean, that's over what a 12 year period. Um, so it's been a long, but I, it's, when I look back at the 90 companies, and at that point when I wrote the book, I don't know, I maybe I invested in 70 or 60, and I found there was a red thread. There was something that the successful companies had that the others didn't. And I was and, and I looked at it and I, I really tried to look back and be like, why did some companies become hugely successful while others, you know, didn't? And I found there was these five traits. And I really started looking at, do all of these companies have it? Why do they have it? What makes them great? And I found there was these five traits that, you know, I look for in entrepreneurs and companies that execute. And these traits were so important in how I looked at new deal flow, right? So if some a deal was to come to me today for an investment, I would look to see if they have these five traits. So, so it's almost an internal way for me to analyze new deals coming in in a quicker way, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. also I had entrepreneurs coming to me and 
when I, when I was looking, if I didn't invest, they would ask why. And I would be able to clearly tell them they didn't have, or they needed to work on one of these five traits, which was, you know, really interesting way to analyze deal flow. Um, Cause I was just oh. one person. I don't have a team. So I really had to be you know, specific in my own investment thesis. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, the five traits, I mean, the five traits to me, you know, that I found are one is vision. It's having that crystal clear picture of what you want to achieve. And I actually just wrote, you know, a comment on this today on social media, which was about having a goal. And if you actually put pen to paper, and I put mine on my bathroom mirror all the time, like not just think it, but actually put it down, ink it on writing and put it up, you're nine times as more likely to be successful over the course of your life, according to professor at Virginia Tech. I mean, that's huge. Why don't more people just write? I mean, that's like the simplest (laughs) thing. Just write down anything, right? Like you're nine times more likely. It doesn't even matter. Like I hope I make it to the grocery store today. Like, okay, put that up. Like, I don't know, but right. Probability is it's going to happen. And like, right. If it just increases my success, great, let's roll. So it's just looking back and having that crystal clear vision. I feel I've always had, you know, a vision, that North star of something I wanted to do. I wanted to achieve, whether it be, you know, having my, having my children or selling my company or starting a company Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever, moving to Miami, you know, whatever my vision is, I like just put it there until I do it. And it's like just constantly, you know, a reminder of, you know, prioritization of what's most important. And I think, you know, so vision, having that crystal clear vision. So starts with that. And then it's like the passion, right? So it's easy to put a vision up, but like, do you actually have the passion to, to, to achieve it? And, you know, I talk and think about in the book and, is I look at passion differently. So passion is a Latin root word of pain or suffering. So it's not just what you love, but what you're willing to suffer for. And that's no joke, right? I mean, <laughs> it is like you're staying up all night. I mean, I used to have conference calls and I'd be, you know, dressed halfway at like three in the morning. My husband thought I'm nuts. He's like, please stop blow drying your hair. And, you know, I'd be on a conference call in the middle of like our, you know, a condo. And he'd just be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I love what, you know, like I'm so passionate about, I'm passionate about making this this a success that I will do anything to achieve it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if everyone will do that, right? Right. I mean, you do because you love something more than, you fear it or, you know, like my children in the middle of the night, I just, you just love, it's like that type of love that you would do anything for. And Mm -hmm. so you need that in order to achieve, I think anything, anything that really, you know, anything big, it's like, it's not even running a marathon. That's hard. Right. I mean, I've never run one, but I think it looks hard to me. What about you guys? (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah. You want to talk a little bit crazy uh, and pain and passion. Um, I'm an ultra marathon runner, so uh, bigger than the marathon. But I, I did not know that about the root. I love studying etymology, the root of words, right? And yeah. I, I had never studied it for passion. And yeah, knowing that it means what are you willing to suffer for? Like you, you run a 50-mile race through the mountains. Your body freaking hurts. Like there, there, there's like you go to mental places you never thought you, you would and people absolutely say Jordan you're nuts yes and that's fine by me because guess what I absolutely love it I love pushing myself I love yep. the feeling of accomplishment of doing that and I totally can relate to what you're describing here and it's this this desire to 
be okay with pain and suffering. And I think that it's beyond the comfort zone. I, I listed you, Kim, and there's another person that came to my mind as we're talking. That was David Goggins, who suffers more than anybody I think I've ever met from an ultramarathon perspective. But you listen to him talk about it. And he talks about callousing your mind to the pain where it's, it's, are you, do you believe one in yourself enough to accomplish it? And two, do you believe that what you're going to do, that you will be successful? I'm with you. I have my goals sit on my bathroom wall. (laughs) They're written up there right now. And and that's what we need because it's people just don't, they call me nuts all day long and I will gladly smile and say thank you. <laughs> exactly. I love it. See? I mean, I'm just trying to like run a mile over here. You're like a 50 non I can't even imagine. But that's totally the passion, right, that you need to have in order to be successful. It is possible. And I think that's going back to, to the point. Like, are you willing to suffer for it? And if you're not, it's probably it, – it's a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is, And that's okay. But let's not – you know – if you really want something, it's not going to be easy. If it was easy, everyone's going to do it. And to your point, yeah. not everyone's going to run 50 miles. I mean, <laughs> right? Like, I, I can shocked. hear it in your voice, Kim. Yeah, yeah you, that, you, you are really thinking in your mind right now that that is nuts. And that's okay. And no, I, I love it up. though, right? I, it's amazing. I'm just thinking. Yeah. But I think that's what's, I, honestly, I love it. I think that's great. And I, I think that's to the point. You have to have a vision. You have to be passionate about it. You have to take action. In your case, you're like seriously taking action. But like, I would just say, you know, the first step, like just one step, because people get so lost in like the grand vision that they just fail to, and then they get paralyzed by even doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea is just take one step. What's, What's the first step that you need to take? And that create, like motion creates motion. So when you take the first step, it's easier to take the second step, you know, yeah. and I think it's like that action is so key, right, to, to to everything in life where you want to be successful. So what is the action you need to take? What's the next action? And I do that all the time. Like, even this morning, I was thinking, well, what's the next action on this deal I need to do? It's like, oh, I'm waiting. Okay, what's the next action? So just understanding what's next, not the whole thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know what the vision is, but just a small step in order to get to, you know, to get to that greater outcome. Well, and I think, and one, one interesting thing in parallel that I see is, I know you have four kids, I have five. I watched one of my <laughs> sons who plays baseball and you, you, he's nine years old and you look at this little league team and how much they want to go for the fences. They want to hit the homers. They want these big plays. But yet what I teach them in practice is why are you doing anything beyond the fundamentals? And I think that's one of the things that people miss is 50 miles starts by me taking one step that is about three feet long, four feet long. (laughs) And when people like, how in the world do you train for a hundred mile race? And it's like, well, I go out in the morning, I might get up at five in the morning and I might go climb a mountain, you know, and it's, you go run four or five miles and you do repeated steps. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's, I love that you said that it's, it's not, you sign up today and you run a hundred miles tomorrow. It's you sign up today and you run that hundred miles I just literally registered for a hundred mile race last night. The one that was canceled this year. Oh yeah. Next it's next year in August. And that's 10 months away. It's actually 10 months away from tomorrow. It's like, yeah, it's going to take me a long time to get myself ready. But I think that people, you have to buy in that the joy is in the journey. I'm willing to bet Kim that you absolutely loved your time sitting. I'm with you. 
you're dressed up from the waist up and I'm in my jogger pants from the waist down taking (laughs) meetings at 2 a.m. And you love the journey of it and the satisfaction can come when you sell, but there's so much in the journey that matters. Oh, I love the journey. And I think it's like they say that, but until you're actually in it, you know, and you really can can reflect on the journey it you know yes i could not agree more 100 miles that's amazing but it's you're in training right i didn't i'm training to be an entrepreneur i'm training to be yeah. yes. a marathon runner i'm in yes. training and like that training requires you know a lot of hard work it just it doesn't happen overnight you have to actually like you have to build the muscle right and yep. that's what you're exactly. doing exactly yep yep i totally agree so, so, so after you start training, you're taking action. The fourth trait you need is resilience. Because as you know, even in training, something's going to go wrong. You're going to get hurt. You're going <laughs> to twist an ankle. Like, I, you know what? Like, some, you're going to lose the biggest client. You're going to go bankrupt. You're going to, you know, something's bad. Something always happens. I guarantee it. I, and I'm actually so used to just things going wrong that it you you build the muscle you build a resilience muscle that like I don't even know what you could tell me right now that I would not I just okay just keep going but that takes training too right that Mm -hmm. takes training to know like you're going to be okay you will get through it it will be you know I think and that's like a belief but that resilience is so key because you can get knocked down seven times you got to get back up eight and you know, so if, if you don't get get back up, then you failed, right? So it's mm-hmm. like it's, yep. that's the that's that's the true, you know, that's the true failure. So I think it's having that resilience, and then relationships. I would not be where I am today without all of the incredible people that have helped me along the way, like that have supported me, that have helped me, that have encouraged me. And honestly, I if there's like one thing that will change your entire life, it's the people you surround yourself with. What you know, in like-minded people, right? I'm sure you're running a marathon with other people that have the same like-minded <laughs> as you, right? Yeah. They want to run 100 miles. Oh my goodness! But it makes absolutely a it's a bunch of nuts people. But yes, it, it does. I think that people don't like. For me, I as I look at the five characteristics you list, relationships. I think people they miss out on that. You listen to three of us, and this is going to be a 30 to 45 minute episode. I bet we could talk for 10 hours. Oh, yeah. And look up at the clock and be like, oh, it's been 10 hours and not even be sad by this. And I think that I think people miss that so much. It's we always hear it's about people. Well, yeah, it is about people. And it's surrounding yourself with people who are willing to share in your vision and put forth the effort and work that you are. Yeah, yeah I could not agree more. I mean, relationships are definitely the foundation of which all, you know, honestly, in personal, professionally, I actually think you could use these five traits in your personal life or your professional life, it does not matter. They're still the same. Like if you have a solid foundation based on relationships, you are able to have a clear vision of the life you want to live. These all are applicable, right? This isn't just yeah. business. It's actually yeah. life. You know, Kim, that, that's you, you, you uh, bring up something I was going to just, yeah, I'll just dig right into it is when I read your book, that's what I loved about it is that even though it had a very entrepreneurial slant to it, it was, it was a playbook to you to improve any area of your life. And one of the things um, I used a, um, a life coach and a career coach a number of years ago, and I've always been, you know, pretty focused, you know, uh, executing a lot. It comes from like my athletic background, Jordan, obviously he does it too with his running and professional work, but it's one of those things where even from time to time, all of us can kind of get in this state where maybe we're less focus or less 
passionate or, you know, less resilient, whatever it may be, but you can kind of, you kind of have this equilibrium. And one of the things that I've observed, and I'd love to get your feedback is that we are not the state that we are today is not the state that we're stuck in for the rest of our life. And that kind of to your point, if you take these concepts and apply them to yourself personally or professionally and expose yourself to these things, you can actually raise that bar of what kind of your default state is in terms of your passion or your resilience or whatever it is. And I guess I'm more asking is that, do you, do you see that as something? I mean, are we all kind of whatever we are today, that's what we are. Or are these muscles that people can build? Oh, I think there's, it's never too late to be what you might've been. And honestly, if you're able to take these traits and I really, I wrote them because I believe they are game changers, right? These five traits, if you master them, you will master execution and you'll change your life. And it's, but the, the reality is not just one, right? You have to, it's interesting because I talk to my father about this all the time, you know, and he looks back as an entrepreneur, he's like, oh, I kind of miss this really key, you know, this key <laughs> one relationship. So I'm like, dad, that's the most important one. And he's like, well, I just like to do everything myself. I'm like this crazy visionary. I'm like, I know, but how yes you are brilliant but like you're not going to get anywhere alone so and he's like oh i'm too old to have figured that out i'm like no you're not you know it's never too late pop you know let's just like surround yourself with some new you know with people and 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 you know leverage the power of a team so i i don't think it's ever too late i don't think it's ever too late to start i don't think it's ever too late to ne- learn new traits but you have to be consistent in them right i think it, it's about not just reading them, but doing them and not just thinking about, but really making it, you know, making a priority, making people a priority, making, um, you know, making your vision a priority. Like right now there's so many distractions and I really, you know, my personal, you know, uh, you know, advice is to try to limit the distractions, right. And really focus on you know, what do you want to achieve? Whether, and like, if it's your family, whatever that is, it's just like, how much time do people spend just aimlessly scrolling through social media or mindlessly watching yep. TV? Like, hey, I'm all for like a good binge watch, but like, I think in moderation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I right? think that's one thing people don't, that like, in my mind, I always go through what's good, what's better, what's best. Like, is it good to sit maybe and just catch up on some social? Sure. But what would be better? Well, it could be better to read a book. Sure. But what would be best? Spending some time with my kids, right? It's, and yeah. there, there's, a, yeah. there's a place for all of this. And I actually find one of, the, one of the, the greatest things that we have working against us is distraction. You know, you're doing good things at the expense of essential ones. Mm-hmm. And when that becomes the pattern and habit of our life, you'll sit back and a year later be like, what in the world did I accomplish this right. year? Yep. versus if, if we prioritize. And this is why I love, Kim, that you said, put the goals, write them so you see them every day. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier when you can see those things right in front of your face every day. Uh, make it an account. This is one of those David Doggett things. Make an accountability mirror, mm-hmm. right? You're looking in the mirror. Yeah. Your goals are next to it. Are you holding that person accountable as you look in that mirror at those goals? And it's it's tough because there, there are good things out there that are fun, but is it coming at the expense of what you want to do and be? And if that's the case, it, it might be time to reevaluate. Don't wait for New Year's Eve when you say yeah. right. that oh, won't yeah. happen. Yeah. That's some arbitrary day that sits there. <laughs> it's every day should be your New Year's Day, right? Yeah, and like every day, if you didn't do it, do it again. You know, do it again tomorrow, right? Start over every day. Every day is a new day that you can change yep. your life. So, what are you doing? I totally agree. I mean, sometimes you just need to take a beat, take a break, take a nap. I don't know, but but that's that should be 
you know, just to rest, not a yeah. part of your daily life, right? Like in my right. opinion, it's like, it's easy to do the easy things. What's the hard things you're going to do, right? And how do you yep. prioritize those? Because that moves you forward. Well, yeah, Kim, as you're saying, is as an entrepreneur going through this right now, is that the prioritization is so important. And at times it can be overwhelming. I think all of us have been there where you're like, there's 50 things I need to do. Some of these are much more important than others for a strategic perspective, but some of these are tactically important. And right. it's that, that, that juggling is very difficult, especially like with my, where my business is at. We don't have a ton of people around to, to help with the various things that we need to get done. But I think going back to the part that you talked about with relationships, that's been one of the saving graces for me is relationships with um, personally, professionally making those a priority in conjunction with my physical and mental and emotional health. Because it allows you to weather these storms to have that resilience, right? Jordan and I are big believers in that taking care of yourself, you know, in those three states, physical, mental, emotional, allows you to be more resilient and take those punches and recover from them quicker. But that relationship piece, I know for me, even just talking to people, you know, uh, I had a sales deal that I lost last week, pretty sizable. And, you know, I was kind of like, okay, this stinks. I was talking to people. I was taking immediate lessons learned to learn how we can improve. But then they, then, you know, one of my mentors was telling me, he's like, hey, man, this is going to happen, but you're taking it well, <laughs> learn the lessons and get better. That's the piece. And yeah. that sometimes when you're so close to it, it's hard. And, and having those relationships to talk to people who are experts and good at these things can help get you up that curve faster. But kind of to your point, you talked about in terms of just taking these lumps and learning and those relationships are, are a great way to get kind of an outsider's perspective. I could not agree more. I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity, obviously, to learn and grow, but the relationships are so key. It's like the foundation. It's the cornerstone. And I don't know if you've read, I'm sure in my book, I talk about something called a life audit, which I do, you know, yeah. every year. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's about, listen, it's harsh, but basically simple phrase, you, you make a list of the people you spend the most time with, because that is, I mean, wherever they're going, you're going to. You mm -hmm. look at if they're, you know, make a list. Uh, put a plus if they're energizing, supporting you, helping you, uh, you know, like, listen, they can give you constructive feedback, but to really believe in you. I think that's a belief in you to do something great. And then make a list of those people that just drain you. All they do is complain, tell you how bad the world is, like how bad ever. I mean, oh my gosh, right? Like I can't mm -hmm. take it. And then I audit them out and it seems so harsh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know and my family's like are you gonna audit me out i'm like no <laughs> you'll know, you know me. I mean? maybe maybe yeah you'll know when christmas goes around yeah. <laughs> no but the, i mean people i mean obviously you can't audit out your family however you can make a choice of how much time you spend with yeah. people right and yeah. balance it so if you're going to spend something with someone who's so you know negative and then you need to counterbalance that with spending a lot more time with people that are positive, uplifting, you know, are people that you want to be like or want to become or your mm -hmm. friends. It's a balance, right? And yeah. honestly, sometimes you maybe should just audit them out. I mean, like, listen, it's life short. I'm going to have, I'm actually, you know, I forgot about that. I'm actually going to employ that. I'm going to put that into you. So Jordan, I don't know, man, this might be one of our ah! <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, buddy. <laughs> people always ask me, Kim, am I a plus or a minus? I'm like, come on, if you were a minus, we wouldn't be talking. So yeah, we wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> if we're still talking, you're definitely on the plus side. That is awesome. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. It's it's one of those things, right? It's it's 
I think about this with family, especially at times where relationships are toxic or Mm -hmm. attitudes are toxic and things like that. And you said it really well. Some people you can't just necessarily cut out, but the amount of time Mm -hmm. that you devote to it, because you, everybody's felt it. When you go through a relationship where you're drained and you don't leave happy and you don't leave with positivity and these things, it's time to reevaluate that relationship. And I think people think that's hard. It's not harsh per se. It's, it's bettering yourself. And when you're better, you can help yeah. others be better. But yeah. if you're toxic and negative and all this based on your associations, how do you think you're draining dragging people around? And, and I think it's a brilliant thing to do and to look at and to think of, and it doesn't mean that they're cut off in a negative way that they're bad, this and that. It just says, look, I'm at a different spot than you right now. Still love you, still care for you, but there's yeah. still things that need to be done for my mental well-being and for my family and things like that. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Like the relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you have and one that will set the stage for every other relationship in your life, right? So it's and sometimes you have to make some decisions that will make yourself have, you know, your relationship with yourself will be better, right? Because and that's just I think it's just prioritizing again yourself and like your own mental well-being. Um yeah. And it's just, I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard, but I do think it's key to success. I really do. Like great relationships are the key to success in business and in life. Yeah. They're, they're the pillars that, that support us uh, in they all are. fronts. You know, uh, <laughs> Kim, you, you've got so much great advice here. It's like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Tim Paris and he has the uh, billboard. If you could put one thing up on a billboard, what would be the one piece of advice you give to anyone looking to create the career and or life that they want? Yeah, I think honestly, it would just be dream bigger. Like just as big as you possibly can dream. Like I just think we're only limited by our own, like our own mind, right? So Mm -hmm. how big can you really go? Because even if you get halfway there, I mean, like just set big, 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 big goals. So I, you know, and I look back and I, I think caution can be a good thing. And, but I would tell others not to let it stop them from reaching your full potential. So whatever your dream, dream bigger, don't settle and start now. I love it. I love it. And kind of on that note, it's a natural transition. Um, you recently, I love this. You recently launched the side hustle accelerator. Can you tell us more about that? Oh my gosh. Yes. I am so excited about it. So I love entrepreneurs. And at the start of this year, I really was looking at how do I help, you know, again, pay it forward, help the next generation of entrepreneurs, because I believe, you know, that's why I wrote the book, I really want to pay it forward. And I so I teamed up with entrepreneur magazine to launch the side hustle accelerator. And nearly 50% of people did you know that in America, have a side hustle? I mean, that's amazing. Like, why wouldn't you, right? Even my side hustle's got a side hustle. I mean, like, (laughs) let's roll. So I, we, we, we launched this great program. It's got the fundamentals of starting. It is how to start something with little to no money. So please don't break the bank. Don't quit your day job. It's really about like, how do I get something started? Because everyone I talk to, they've got an idea and you know, it's, it's fun. Like it brings energy to your life to start something and create and talk about it. So it gives a nine-step guide about how to start. There's great webinars and there's great resources and there's just 
I'm there to help and like help support the next generation. So we've had a couple thousand people join already. We're really looking like to how do we, I mean, it's awesome to see the statistics that came out in the Wall Street Journal about new yeah. business owners. Like if you're looking to start a side hustle or start something new, now's the time. There's never been a better time. There's that great quote, like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the next best time's now. Mm. Like now's the time, right? Like let's start planting. So if you're interested in starting a side hustle, I would love to guide you and I've really created like this amazing step-by-step -step guide at the side hustle accelerator.com and you guys should you know if you're listening you should check it out if you've been yep. thinking I want to do something this is me telling you that now's the time to do it and I'd love to do it together <laughs> that's amazing Jordan <laughs> what, what did I tell you I told you this was going to be a good one <laughs> no it was fantastic if, if people did not get like a thousand gems from Kim today, yeah. <laughs> then we did, we did not interview very well at all. It's been uh, fantastic. I could, like I said, I could talk all day, yep. look at the clock and be like, Oh my goodness, I skipped four meals. And because <laughs> I ate like constantly with all my running. And so what, what in the world happened to me, but uh, this has been fantastic. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah. Kim, oh, this, this has been amazing. Just for our viewers, where can they learn more about you? Yeah, please. So you can learn more about me at kimperell.com, P-E-R-E-L-L. -E and love to connect with all of you and looking forward. I mean, this has just been such a great, great conversation, guys. I, I'm with you. I could talk for another 10 hours about all the, you know, we seem to definitely same, share the same DNA. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, thank you so much for making the time to come on. As we said, is uh, I think this is her, her best episode uh, yet. It's, it's a gem and I'm sure it's going to be a gem going forward, but uh, listeners too, thank you for, uh, you know, giving us your time uh, as always uh, let us know your thoughts. And if you uh, can leave us a comment on this one, uh, we would love to hear from you, but make it a great day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today on another episode of transformation nation. Please, Take the time to connect with both of us, reach out through our social channels, and start taking those first steps towards not only transforming yourself, but empowering everyone to become who they want to be. Until next time, this is Jason and Jordan. Go dominate, my friends.